Hey folks, welcome to the House of Kraus. I'm Richard Kraus. It's hot outside, it's cool inside, both literally and figuratively. So come on in, pull up one of the beanbag chairs and kick back and relax for a few minutes with us. Now, normally around this time, I'm telling you all about the guest. Who's going to be the guest on the House of Kraus this week? Well, I'll get to that in a second. It's Bryce Dallas Howard. You want to hang around for that. She's lovely. She'll tell you all about her movie, Pete's Dragon, and other things. But first of all, I wanted to tell you a story. Last week, I went to an Elvis convention. And it's in Collingwood, Ontario. It's huge now. They've been doing it for 20 or 25 years. There's probably more people dressed as Elvis just walking the streets than there are people not dressed as Elvis who came there to see the Elvis tribute artists. There's hundreds of them, hundreds of tribute artists. Everywhere you go, someone is singing uh, in the ghetto or they're singing That's All Right Mama. There's everywhere you turn. You cannot avoid seeing or hearing Elvis for the entire weekend. And everywhere I went, it seemed I kept seeing people wearing these TCB rings, the Taken Care of Business ring. Now, if you'll remember in the later days of Elvis's Vegas career, he wore this ring on stage. And it made me think about an interview I did ages ago with a guy called Lowell Hayes. And Lowell Hayes was Elvis's favorite jeweler. And he used to travel with Elvis. He'd had a little box of, of jewelry that uh, Elvis would say, Lowell, come on in. And they'd randomly pick things out of the box and just hand them out to people, give them away to people. And I remember Lowell telling me one time that he went to Elvis and he said, you know, Elvis, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I feel a little bit bad. I mean, we're friends and yet, you know, you, you're giving away thousands of dollars worth of, of jewelry and I have to charge you for it. And I, he said, it just doesn't feel right to me. And Elvis said to him, you know, Lowell, tomorrow to make up that money, I'll just sing an extra song. Anyway, that's the kind of relationship they had. So... Elvis wanted a ring. He wanted this ring, the TCB ring, taken care of business. And so he asked Lowell to design the TCB ring to wear on stage. And he wanted something really eye-catching. He wanted it to be able to be seen from the third row. Now, Lowell told me that he said he had never made anything or even seen anything uh, like this TCB ring as it eventually turned out. He says, still, the number one best looking thing I ever made. And if you haven't seen it, it's diamond encrusted. It's got a giant stone at the top, a round one, and then in, in, in encrusted letters, gold encrusted letters, it says TCB, taking care of business. So it's the crown jewel of the Elvis Presley collection, and it took months to design. And Lowell wouldn't tell me how much the ring cost to make, but he said that the, the price was astronomical. So when the ring was ready to show it to Elvis, they went to Graceland, and Elvis said, uh, uh, you know, come on in. I want to see this ring. I can't wait to see the ring. So Lowell said, I want to show it to you under the, the chandelier in the, in, the, in the big room, the dining room at, at Graceland. So they go in there, and he opens up the box, and there's one of those kind of, ah, moments. One of those moments as the, the light hit it and, and reflected, refracted it all over the room. And apparently, the whole point of this story is that apparently Elvis looked at Lowell and said, man, Sammy Davis Jr. is going to shit when he sees this. Anyway, that's my takeaway from the Elvis convention in Collingwood. I'll probably go again next year because you know what? It was really fun. 
My guest, now you've heard me ramble on for long enough, my guest is Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, of course, is the daughter of Ron Howard. She's also the star of movies like The Twilight Saga, Eclipse. She was in Terminator Salvation. Uh, She was in 50-50, The Help, uh, Jurassic World. She's going to be making those movies for the next uh, 50 years, probably, because the first one was so successful. Now she's made and stars in a remake of Pete's Dragon. It's a much-loved 1977 Disney musical that starred Helen Reddy as the kind-hearted daughter of a lighthouse keeper who adopts Pete, a young boy whose best friend is a dragon named Elliot. Now, they've switched the story around a little bit. They've gotten rid of the songs. Uh, Grace, the character that Bryce Dallas Howard plays, is no longer a lighthouse keeper's daughter. She's a forest ranger. She finds Pete. But essentially, the story about family being wherever it is that you find it is untouched. So I went to do this interview and she is in the middle of a very long press day. Earlier that day, hours and hours and hours earlier, I'd seen her on television and uh, she was promoting the new film. So she's been doing interviews all day, probably 40, maybe 40, 50 interviews she'll do. I got her near the tail end of that and she's been up since the crack of dawn and I walk into the room and she's got a a, a little stuffed plush toy of Elliot the dragon on her lap and she tells me that it's both promotional and practical. Here's Dallas, here's Bryce Dallas Howard. I have my little plush toy. He's so cute, isn't he? I, I, I also use him as a neck pillow on the plane. It's totally that shape. With, with sure. the wings, right? The yeah. wings, yeah. Yeah, but you just kind of tuck the wings down. That's what I've been doing. So it, it's not just a promotional tool. It's actually practical it's as well. Absolutely it's functional. It's the yeah. Best kind of yeah. Piece <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So congratulations on the movie. Thank you. And. Uh, were you familiar with Pete's Dragon? Because I, well, I'm just this much too old to be to have grown up with the original movie. So, did you grow up with the original? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what were your thoughts on the original? Okay, so um, I so it was one of those movies what, growing up that we had on VHS that we would just play again and again and again. And in fact, when my um, when I told my little sister that I was going to be doing. Pete's Dragon, this Pete's Dragon, she burst into tears because it was just, you know, it was a, it was a big part of our childhood. Um, there were other movies in that group as well, but but Pete's was particularly beloved. And what was it? Was it the songs? Because this movie is much different, and we'll get to that in a sec, but was it the songs? Was it the animation? Was it the dragon? Was it the story? What was it that, that really drew you in? Okay, so I've really thought about this, and I actually have the real answer. Um... Because at first I was like, oh, it's just, you know, it was so fun and a dragon with pink hair. and But it wasn't that. I think I, think I became obsessed um, with the film because it was one of the first times that I had seen a live action film with a child as a cent- central character with an animated character. So it was like a real boy with a friend who's a dragon that, and even though, you know, he looks like a cartoon, like I, I hadn't seen that before. You know, I, I, I like I, I had maybe seen that in Mary Poppins a little bit, but, um, but that, that felt terribly exciting. Um, 
And then, of course, you know, the music, and it's really fun, and it's kind of psychedelic, and, you know, all that is very exciting. Um, but with this film, I, it was interesting because when I heard that there was going to be another Pete's Dragon, I asked to read the script, not because there was, I had any knowledge of there being a role or anything. I was just really curious what they would do. And I sort of had mixed feelings about, um, I just was like, how are they going to do a faithful adaptation of this? And, and, um, and I, just, I, I, I just was super curious. And then when I read it, I was so moved because the story is deeply emotional and very cathartic and very powerful. Um, and it had, it held on to the elements of the original 1977 film that I cared about. You know, the fact that it's a real boy with a, with a, you know, and this time even more so realistic looking dragon. And, um, and that it is, you know, it is Pete, it is Elliot, like those characters are the same. And it's dealing with many of the same themes, but they took it in a direction that I, I just, I, I loved. I really loved. I was unexpected, uh, or I didn't expect to feel the way about the movie that I did, because I loved it. Yeah. I loved it, and, and I, I had not expected that, because I'm a miserable old thing, and I didn't really think, I didn't really think that that would happen. Um, but, and I was trying to think about it, you know, what, what is it, because I wasn't as familiar with the story. And I think that the thing that grabbed me was that it's um, uh, it, just about the search for family wherever you find it. Right, exactly. which I think is really potent and kind of primal in people. It, no, no matter where you are, if you're alone, you will seek out something or someone. Yes. And that's, I think, what makes it universal, even though it's a big furry dragon. Yeah, that's actually, I, I really like the, the way that you put that. It's better, it's better than what I've been saying, which is that this is a film. You, you can use it if you yeah, like. Yeah, I'm going to use it because I've been saying this is a film um, a, a, about what it takes to find your family when you've lost your family. And I think it's like, I don't want to put the emphasis is, is, is in the finding the family and connecting with family. And so the idea of, yeah, when you're alone, you, 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 you need to reach out. You need to find your tribe, you know, you need to find your family and it doesn't need to be people that you're related to it and according to Pete's dragon it doesn't even need to be a human being it can be a magical dragon <laughs> well I kind of love the idea that there's a line because some people think well it's obviously it must be an imaginary friend you know and then it turns out to be real but I love the idea that the that even if it was an imaginary friend that's okay too that's yeah. kind of cool because some kids do that yes yeah some kids like me I had an imaginary friend until I was 11 years old. And can you tell me about that person? Oh, yes. Or thing, whatever it was. Um, her name is Becky Bildred. <laughs> uh, and um, she's uh, a Miller's daughter. And um, she has some superpowers. And she's a very good person. And so we would go into the woods pretty constantly and just give speeches to kingdoms <laughs> and fairies and um sometimes I got lost coming home uh but that was a that was a really important time in my life so much so that I've actually named I'm incorporated like as an actor 
And I named uh, that that company, that corporation, Bakey Bildred, because I'm like, that's where it all started. Me being delusional enough to believe in things that are not actually there. Well, I was going to say, it's it, the idea that you made up a backstory for the thing maybe pointed the way towards you becoming an actor. <laughs> Could have, because yeah. that like the backstory is pretty epic. Actually, it's it's like a whole thing. There was a spell; it went wrong. Vicky Bildred had a twin sister. She ended up being, you know, real very naughty. And so, yes, this is why we had to recruit all these all these um, mystical creatures in the forest to go find her and help her. So, yeah, there wasn't there was a hardcore backstory. <laughs> Um, what would you like kids to take away from this? You're a, you're a mom. You have kids. What what are they old enough to see this? No. My definitely my son is. Uh, he's nine and a half. My daughter's four and a half. And so I'm kind of weighing: Do I talk to her a little bit about some elements of this story before we watch it in the theaters, or do I potentially wait and do the Bambi thing of fast forwarding? Like, like, really, there's only one part in this movie that's that's you know deeply, deeply emotional. Um, but I don't know. I I think I'm probably gonna go with just kind of talking her through it um, and sharing it with her because she's desperate to see it. And it is such an innocent, beautiful film. And like you know, just to answer your question, it's it has very powerful messages in it, um, especially for young people as well. It's and. Um, one of them is like you said, you know, it's about, it's about seeking out family, finding family and, and connecting with, um, with others who you can feel unconditional love for and vice versa. And that that is, that is actually a magical experience, you know? Um, I think it's also, it's also about kind of that, that belief in something that may seem impossible. And I mean, even my character, who in the beginning of the story, her her father, Robert Redford. Um, every time I say that, I'm like, what? I worked with him. Um, um, tells tells a lot of stories of of a time when he was in the forest and saw a dragon, and she doesn't believe him um, because she's a forest ranger and she's like been in those woods a long time. I've never seen a dragon. Um, but I but, love his answer to that. He says, but you never saw Pete yes, either. I know. That was a serious dig. <laughs> I remember shooting that and being like, that hurts. That hurts so much. Um, but you see, you see as, as kind of the, the mystery of is, is who is Elliot and is, is Elliot a dragon? As she's starting to piece that together, she has to take a leap of faith, you know, and, and, believe in magic and believe in the possibility of, of something, something that you never thought possible could occur and, um, or exist. And, uh, I think that's what a lot of this movie is about as well. Just holding on to your childlike innocence and sense of wonder and possibility and not letting go of that. Like, like Robert Redford's character. Well, you mentioned Robert Redford. When you did, you sort of got giddy for a sec. <laughs> but I would, which, which surprised me, because I would think, given the way that you grew up, you must have been around people like that all the time. But what's different about him then? Well, oh my gosh. I mean, okay, so like when I was growing up, yes, I would meet, I would meet, um, you know, folks who were, were quite recognizable and all of that. But I wasn't spending a ton of time with actors. I would spend time with the crew, right? You know, the, 
which and you know my dad is as a director he's on the crew and and I just, I related more to that experience um where I I always kept kind of a respectful distance from the actors um and and so I actually I I get starstruck very easily really easily um um like it's kind of weird actually who does it for you who so so um so Robert Redford meeting him was um was kind of a at first it was just one of those life moments where you're like I cannot believe I am face to face with a person who's not only one of the greatest actors of all time one of the greatest directors of all time and producers but also probably the most important and influential entertainment entrepreneur around today um, with, you know, Sundance. He basically, like, Sundance gave David Lowry the opportunity to have the breakthroughs in his career that he did so that he could do Pete's Dragon. You know, same exact thing with Colin Trevorrow, who did Jurassic World. So, um, So I just think I, you know, when people sometimes ask, like, who do you most look up to? Like, who do you want to be like? I mean, the answer to that question is um, it's it's probably my dad, but Robert Redford is a close second. So that's why it was really trippy to, <laughs> to have him be my dad. Yeah. It's well, like I, an embarrassment of riches, right. you know? <laughs> I, I was, uh, during the Toronto International Film Festival a few years ago, I was in a room uh, talking. It wasn't like there's was just a few people in it, and I turned around, and Robert Redford had come into the room, and I wasn't prepared for it. Yes. I wasn't prepared to turn around and see Robert Redford. Yes. It's, 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 I don't think you can ever prepare for that. So I'll tell you about our first interaction. Um, we were shooting. I was riding on the back of Elliot, you know, just a regular day on set. Um, and it was a moment where I'm meant to dismount the dragon. And I see my father, Robert Redford, and we, um, across a great distance, we run towards each other and we embrace. Um, I hadn't met Bob yet. I hadn't met him because the two sets were separated and he had just just gotten into New Zealand and um, and there was weather stuff and so we needed to move quickly and so the uh, I, I, I knew the action of the scene but without rehearsing it or anything um, we went into the scene and David yelled action and I got off of Elliot and I started running towards Robert Redford and I got really excited and I started picking up speed and I have, I have a very um, uh, kind of strong body. Like I'm, I have a dense body and <laughs> like I'm big boned. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just was running faster and faster. And um, when we finally hugged, like I... I'm shocked that I didn't knock him down. Like he's he's a very sturdy person as well. So it was this kind of intense collision, um, and we embraced. And then when David yelled "cut," um, Bob turned to me and said, "You came at me like a cannonball." <laughs> I'm like, "Lovely to meet you, sir." I mean, it's just it it was it was yeah. I um, I couldn't have planned something more embarrassing. But uh, but it's just yeah. So you can never be prepared to meet a legend. No. 
Well, I met your dad. I met him a few times, but I hosted a thing with him here on stage years ago uh, for the movie Missing. Missing is oh, that the Missing? The yeah, Missing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so there was a. a, a screw up of some sort and he showed up really early they brought him in like an hour early normally it would be like five minutes early we'd meet backstage so we're in a little green room talking and he's lovely right you well you know and we're talking he's lovely and there's food and there's water and things set up for us and uh he says do you think it would be okay if i had one of those waters and i'm like i think you could trash this whole room light the fire the, the theater on fire and nobody would say anything to you do you think it would be okay you're ron howard have them all. You know what? Open them all. <laughs> Just take a sip out of every one of them, and no one's going to say anything. Well, he is a product of very good parenting. I mean, he was born in Oklahoma, and um, he, he would always say when I was a kid that he was worried, or he was convinced he could never be as great a father to us as his father was to him and his brother. And I was like, that's insane. Like, I would cry whenever you say something like that because I'm just like, you're the most amazing father. What are you talking about? You're just, you're like the best human being on planet Earth. And, um, but he genuinely, I think he, he, he admired the way his parents parented him so much and how deeply good they were that he, um, yeah, that he just, he, he's, he's in awe of them. And I'm in awe of my parents. And, and that is, you know, if that can just continue and my, and my children be in awe of me, then everything will be complete. <laughs> the circle will be unbroken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lovely to see you. Thank nice you. To see Great you. to see you, too. What a great laugh she has. That's Bryce Dallas Howard, star of Pete's Dragon. Check it out in theaters. It'll be out on the 12th of August. It's worth a look. You know, as I said in the interview, I'm a miserable old guy. I have a cherry pit for a heart. I did not expect to be as touched by this movie as I was. To show you how miserable I am, it's time to kick you all out of here. That's it. House of Crafts is closed for the week, but be sure to come back next week. Every Monday we put up a new interview. You never know who's going to stop by for a visit, so why don't you come and visit with us because it just might be one of your favorite people.